What's up, world? Welcome to another episode of the Brian Janu Show. As you already know, I am Brian Janu. You know, it's almost like this. Okay, yeah. Uh, uh, but I am Brian Janu. Uh, to everybody that is listening on podcast platforms everywhere, thank you. I uh, hope you are uh, rating, commenting, reviewing it. Um, do it all, man. Um, I really, really appreciate it. To all of the people that are watching it on YouTube, Thank you. appreciate that just as much. Uh, you know, if you just like viewing it, if you want to comment, if you want to share, you know, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Um, then do that, too. And I really, 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 really appreciate everybody that's listening or watching it or doing both. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, y'all, the reason why I'm getting to three years as a podcaster is Monday. And I really, really appreciate it. So thank you. And um <clears throat> And so let's uh, get into uh, what I'm going to be talking about today. So um, it's my series, uh, my podcast has brand new show, Wrestling Life. Um, now, I know that technically right now uh, it, it's what, at least an hour, two hours, an hour before SmackDown come on. Um, but I'm not going to do the Raw and SmackDown review show today. I mean, I do. I see a lot of podcasters and wrestling podcasters that have to do, you know, the Raw and SmackDown review shows, and that's awesome and that's great. But I'm be honest, I didn't even watch like Raw like that this week. I mean, you had football on and you had Raw. Uh, hopefully, and, and Raw also wasn't really that, you know, super. You know, it wasn't really that that crazy. And I always say SmackDown is better, and I'm gonna probably watch SmackDown. And be one hundred percent fulfilled with SmackDown, um, but yeah, Raw, Raw, Raw still has to kind of still grow on me a little bit more and more. Um, but I like the storylines. And speaking of that, we'll talk about <clears throat> certain things that I believe that's going to happen. And that's exactly what this episode is going to be about. Uh, you know, pretty much some NXT, uh, and I'm going to talk about what just happened just recently. Uh, the PWI five hundred. Uh, top wrestlers list that just came out. I ain't got that type of energy to do 500 wrestlers because I don't watch every goddamn promotion. I barely, I say it every time on here, I barely watch AEW. But I'm going to do my top 10 wrestlers that I feel that have done an amazing job in 2022. Again, this is my top 10 of the wrestlers of 2022. I want to put that out there again because this is my opinion. Now, if you want to comment and do whatever with it after I said, okay, cool. When I put this out, cool, do it all. But for me, this is my top 10 of 2022 wrestlers. You know what I'm saying? And I'm going to actually do it from 2021 to 2022. So from, uh, let's say, September of 2021, this is September. So from that year to this year, from that moment to this moment, how much of it has been really great now. So that's at the end of this episode. But Let's get into it. Uh, like I said, uh, some stuff happened on Raw that I was okay with. Um, and some stuff I didn't. I wasn't 100% okay with. I mean, Damage Control won the women's titles, women's tag team titles, which you should have just let them win in the first fucking place if you are just going to do it in two weeks. It makes no sense. You should have just let them win right then and there. Uh, now they're probably going to go into another rivalry with Alexa Bliss and Oscar. And they're going to fight for the tag team titles. And that's cool. But you kind of, like, what was the reason for having a Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah having the titles if they're just going to lose it in two weeks? It makes no sense. Uh, I get it. It was more so of a push for Raquel Rodriguez. But even in that sense, it kind of just doesn't make any sense because you could have pushed her without having to do that. I get it. She's a Triple H favorite. But yeah, I didn't. I didn't see the point of giving her the tag team titles. You could have easily just pushed her a singles competition by herself, and 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 you know, I just I I, I didn't understand that shit. Um, but Damage Control won. Congratulations. Um, what else happened? Uh, Edge Edge fun fought uh Dominic Mysterio. I can't believe him, but Dominic Mysterio still doesn't. It still doesn't fit. Like, <laughs> this kid don't fit. Like, I'm sorry. Like, we finally got the heel turn. 
but he don't fit. Like, I don't know if he's meant to be kind of like the jobber, what they call is like pretty much a guy that just gets his ass whooped all the time. Like, like the Miz could be seen as a jobber. Like, he gets his ass whooped. Sometimes he wins and sometimes he doesn't. But it's like, I don't get that. Like, I, this kid doesn't fit, like, the main roster. He just doesn't. I'm sorry. He just, again, like I said, if he wasn't a Mysterio and his daddy wasn't on the main roster right now, you would probably have him at NXT, which I think would be a better fit for him right now, especially the way NXT is starting to look. He would do so much better at NXT. His promos would be better. His in-ring ability would be better. Like, he just sucks. He sucks. I'm sorry. He sucks. Like, it's outside. Like, like I said, like, this robbery is also stupid. It's very stupid. Like, I don't get it anymore. Edge is hurt. Now you're what? You're going to target them on Rey Mysterio? You think Dominic Mysterio is really going to beat up his own father now? Like, it's it's just so stupid. I don't get it. I don't get it. It's leading up to Dominic fighting Rey. And it's just like, why? Like, I don't, like, Rey can't beat Dominic with the Judgment Day. And I don't want to see Dominic beat Ray either because it's just like, he only went because of Judgment Day. It's just so, it, this is bad. I don't like this. This is, yeah, I think Dominic Mysterio is the first person that should go to NXT. If this is true, what they're about to do, he should get drafted to NXT and have his ass actually learn how to really do promos and actually learn how to, I don't know, have an in-ring ability. His ass, he, he's, he's, he's got some of the gift. He just doesn't have all of it. And I'm just, I'm tired of acting like this kid. It's just some, um, just because he's raised kid, it doesn't make any sense to have him as the guy. And nah, it, it's so many people you could have been put in Judgment Day before Dominic Mysterio. It's so many people. Tommaso Ciampa, like, it could have been so many other people. Because Judgment Day is really just NXT. The three phases of NXT. and I personally would have put, you know, Tommaso Ciampa in that shit. Hell, you could even put Austin Theory in there. Like, he would make more sense as a guy in Judgment Day than that. I saw them trying to get Matt Riddle, which makes sense. But, like, yeah, I just, I don't see it. I don't see how this makes sense. Yeah, this is stupid. uh, I mean, the match ended uh, because Ray jumped in. Yeah, this is dumb. I didn't, I didn't. It's stupid. It's a stupid situation. I personally would have killed this storyline after Class of the Castle. He turned heel. He got with the Judgment Day. I get Ray is trying to now, like, get his son back. But it's just like, after this month, they need to kill this storyline and go to the next, like, or Judgment Day. Where that is, like, you know, Finn and Damian Priest, y'all go get, you know, the tag team titles. Rhea Ripley, you focus on being the women's champion. Dominic Mysterio goes to NXT. <laughs> he's still part of Judgment Day. He's just in an AXC. That's 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 my wish. I just want this kid to be in an AXC because he he just doesn't have it to be on a main roster. He doesn't. I'm sorry. He just doesn't. I'm sorry if anybody hears this and think I'm tripping. But nine out of ten, I'm pretty sure he, I'm not, and everybody's gonna probably agree. <laughs> so so so. Uh, but yeah, they fought at the end of Monday Night Raw, which I didn't care for that much, and I was like, okay, I guess. Um. Uh, what else happened on Raw that I could even think of? Uh, Bailey and uh, Damage Control try to jump Bianca Belair, which again, what I said, Alexa Bliss and Asuka seem like that's about to be the next rivalry again. Um, which is again kind of like okay, you kind of have no women to really go up against them, so you're just throwing Bianca Belair with the two women that is kind of the prominent women on. Uh, Raw, which until Sasha and Naomi come back, that's pretty much what it's going to be. And and I don't think they can really be damage control. Because I've seen them lose damage control. So it just doesn't make any sense. Um, what else happened? Uh, like I said, just when they tried to get Matt Riddle uh, and Seth Rollins, Matt Riddle had a match against Finn Balor, I think. And Finn won, but Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins' rivalry is kind of still continuously. That's the one rivalry I, I I actually understand. And I agree with. Like, let that be a full blown rivalry and let it play out. I'm not saying you know you had a match at Classic the Castle, 
I've said this numerous times. I think extreme rules, having an extreme rules match, have it be for the right to fight Roman Reigns at some uh, Survivor Series for the WWE Championship, and there it is. I just, I just think that'd be way more smart. It's just way better that way. Um, but yeah, I like that rivalry. I really, really like that rivalry. Um, which goes into um another rivalry I actually like: Kevin Owens and Austin Theory. I think that's a pretty good rivalry, which is also theory kind of in a rivalry also with Johnny Gargano. So it's kind of it's kind of a dope rivalry. I actually like it. Um, it's kind of like the old dogs kind of telling this young kid, yeah, you got a lot of the accomplishments, but we all know you really didn't work for them. You were handpicked. You were gifted those accomplishments. It's not like you physically did anything to really scare us and make us feel like, oh, yeah, you're truly the face. Just because you got the money in a big briefcase doesn't make you truly the face of the WWE. It just means you got a briefcase that can cash in at any moment. And I thought the Chad Gable and Johnny Gargano fight was pretty good. It was a really, really good match because Chad Gable is starting to now become – I like how they're working out Chad Gable a little bit. And I'm starting to see how they're working Chad Gable into a lot of these situations where – uh, Chad Gable would go out there and give you like a Kurt Angle match. Back in the day, Kurt Angle used to come out and do what the Olympic challenges and shit. Kind of like what they're doing now, the Alpha Academy challenge, right? They're, they're, they're like, who wants to come out here and join Alpha Academy? That's what Kurt Angle used to do. Who wants to wrestle an Olympic gold medalist? And, 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 and this is the same fucking formula. And it's working. Unlike Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle kept winning his matches. Chad Gable's losing these matches, but I think because you're seeing him more and more and more and more and more, it's actually building him to go on a singles run that can actually prompt him to be, I'm not going to say Kurt Angle, but at least somewhere near it. He's really fucking good in the ring. Chad Gable's been fucking good since he was with, uh, uh, all, uh, shit, what was the name? Alpha American or some shit? Yeah, Alpha American, uh, uh, American Alpha, with him and Justin Jordan. Like, they were always amazing in the ring together. I remember watching them in, in NXT and how they used to fight and how they used to do things. So I'm not surprised that he's still that guy in the ring. He could still go out there and do what the fuck he was doing. He was even good when he was Shawty G in the ring. But he just kept getting these dumbass, gimmicky-ass situations because – WWE didn't know what the fuck to really do with him. And Triple H just found that. He's found, and you got to realize again, Chad Gable is one of Triple H's guys. He came from NXT. Alpha, uh, uh, American Alpha was a part of the first Triple H NXT. He gave them the ball to run with when they won the NXT tag team title. So Chad Gable's been one of Triple H's handpicked guys for a long time time so to see him now getting that shine you can just please believe me when i say this he's going to pop eventually it's coming soon i don't know when but he's gonna win a title he's gonna win something i don't know if him and otis wins the tag team titles because that's just a little bit too much but i could definitely see a u.s championship run for him soon i could never see a u.s championship run i don't know when but it's coming i can see i probably was him before wrestlemania Maybe at WrestleMania because they got to get that title off of Bobby Lashley. And I know Seth Rollins is not going to hold. If he does, in which I don't think he's going to be Bobby Lashley Monday because Riddle's going to jump in. But I think if you can figure out a way to get that title off of Bobby Lashley and get it to Chad Gable, I think Chad Gable will be a workhorse that Bobby Lashley is supposed to be for that U.S. title. And it's just – Chad Gable makes more sense with the U.S. title right now. I didn't know if they could find a U.S. championship contender. But Chad Gable was fitting that fucking mode perfectly. He needs that title. He needs it. I think he he him as U.S. champion, a way different conversation of U.S. championships. Like Bobby Lashley got it right now because it's flashy and it's prestige, and he needs something to be on TV. If you get that title, Chad Gable, it becomes back like John Cena U.S. Open Challenge, where he comes out and he says the same thing, where it's like. I'm opening it up for the U.S. Open Challenge. Who wants to fight? And now you got matches every week. Incredible matches, Chad. Him and Johnny Gargano was an incredible match. But then think about it. All the people he could fight. Tommaso Ciampa, AJ Styles. He could fight Bobby Lashley. He could fight all these guys. 
And it'll be so dope. Brian Strowman in him. That'd be an interesting fight. I should be honest with you. Oh, he's going to probably jump in. But it'd be an interesting fight. And I think that's the thing. But again, back to Austin Theory and Kevin Owens, where, again, Kevin Owens and Austin Theory. Kevin Owens, Triple H, another hand-picked guy, Kevin Owens, for Triple H, right? Triple H was, Kevin Owens was a hand-picked guy by Triple H. This man literally screwed Seth Rollins, who was another hand-picked guy, just to show Kevin Owens, you are the guy. You are the one that I believe in. Here, here's the Universal Championship. He wins the Universal Champion. He's the second Universal Champion holder. And he proved himself that entire run. And they screwed him over and gave it to uh, Goldberg. You let him do what he does. Like to hear Stone Cold before that WrestleMania match say, I met Kevin Owens in an airport a couple years ago, and he asked me what is one thing I need to do to be taken serious as a wrestler. He said, work on your mic skills. He said, you don't look like the wrestler that everybody wants you to look like, so work on your mic skills because you talking will get you more open doors than you just physically wrestling. And that's kind of what I've looked at Kevin Owens. He's, he's that guy. He, I see why he has the stunner in his repertoire now because he is that guy. He talks. He could fucking talk you into a door. That's a great fucking thing. Stone Cold, he could talk you into a door. Even when he had a title, he didn't have a title. Stone Cold could talk you into watching the fucking event. It didn't matter. He can watch, you can easily, Kevin Owens figured out a way to get Stone Cold Steve Austin out of retirement. Think about that for a second. There have been so many people that could have easily got Stone Cold out of retirement. The Rock came back. Him and Stone Cold could have fought. Undertaker's still there. Triple H still there. I mean, he's even said that he never gave Undertaker the proper match because he had got he got a concussion at SummerSlam. He could have came back and fought Undertaker one time, one last time. John Cena. Him and John Cena could have done numbers. It's so many wrestlers that he could have fought, and he chose Kevin Owens. Think about that. He chose Kevin Owens to fight at WrestleMania. Think about that. So Kevin Owens can get you to do things. This is this is the thing. And I thought after WrestleMania that Kevin Owens would hit the stratosphere. And I thought Kevin Owens would go very far because, like I said, you just fought one of the greatest wrestlers in WWE history. Not Hulk Hogan, not The Rock, Stone Cold. And your career went from that moment to literally having a battle in Ezekiel? What? Like, it just didn't make any sense. Even though he lost, it's still like, bro, he found a way to get Stone Cold Steve Austin out of retirement. Bruh, come on, man. And that's what I'm feeling like right now. I think that at the end of the day, Kevin Owens, uh, with these promos that he's doing with Austin Theory, and this promo this Monday, was incredible. <laughs> it was incredible. He literally goes up to Austin Theory and literally tells him, I looked you in your eyes last week when we were fighting, and I told you, and I looked in your eyes, and I saw that you don't believe that you're truly the future of this company. And he goes in on him. He said, you want these people to finally believe in you? You want these people to finally believe that you can be the future of this company? You don't come out here and say all the opportunities you getting that's literally hand given to you. You actually come out here every fucking night and put your ass, put your fucking ass in this ring and fight every single fucking person. You grind every single match. You fight everything. You do everything the right way. You do not sit here and tell us you're the future of a company when everything literally has been given to you. Yeah, your money in a bank briefcase holder, but let's be real. You were in a match that they technically, you wasn't even supposed to be in. You got the U.S. title in a match that your ass wasn't supposed to even have. And you want to say you are the hand-picked future, you're the future of this company? Okay. And he said something I thought was totally true. And this is what I've been saying about him. I've also said 
You got the look. But how many people have had the look Austin Theory's had come into the WWE and they flammed the fuck out in two or three years? And that's what I feel like. And Kevin Owens is like, yo, you you gonna flame out in two or three years. But people like me, people like Johnny Gargano, we're gonna stay here for a long time because you got the look, but we are the reasons why these people always come back and because they know we're gonna give them a match. We know we're gonna give they're gonna give us a promo that we're gonna remember. And I was like, yo, that's crazy that he said all that. And I was like, wow, that's Kevin Owens. You know what I'm saying? Like that's NXT. Kevin Owens, and then they got into a fight, <laughs> busted up his nose, it was like, whoa, okay, this is real, but that just goes to show you, and I feel, and like I said a long time ago, and I'm going to continue to say this, we don't know really what the fuck this Sami Zayn, Randy, uh, Roman Reigns, bloodline, uh, tribe, timeline is supposed to happen, I'm assuming they're going to probably break up before WrestleMania, but if that's the case, Kevin Owens with the briefcase because I think a Kevin Owens with the Money in the Bank briefcase puts more fear in a Roman Reigns than an Austin Theory with it. And plus, that adds into the storyline where it's like, holy shit, Kevin Owens has got the Money in the Bank briefcase. He is literally best friends with Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn is literally close to the tribal chief, the bloodline. Why would that not make more sense? Theory with the briefcase, it doesn't make any sense. Because Theory really doesn't have that same appeal of a Kevin Owens has. Kevin Owens with the briefcase, you got to watch your fucking back. <laughs> and plus, Kevin Owens and, and, and Roman Reigns have started something. Even though it's kind of like now, kind of like slowed down the first couple last couple weeks. It started, though. It started something. And I think Kevin Owens saying, hey, tell, Sammy, tell, uh, uh, tell the, uh, the Usos. He's telling the Usos, hey, tell us uh, Roman. He owes me. That right there, like this, Kevin Owens is incredible with the mic skills. And I think him with the Money in the Break briefcase adds a new level of that storyline that Sami Zayn is doing right now. Where it's like, holy shit, Kevin Owens got the Money in the Bank briefcase? And he could be pretty much telling Sami Zayn, hey, bro, you might want to tell Roman I'm coming for him. Which means, inadvertently, I'm coming for y'all. Now, if I was you, I'd get the fuck out of the bloodline. Because, uh, yeah, I'm coming. And that's such a that's an incredible feeling to have, man. And I think that's an incredible story to tell. So I can see Kevin Owens winning the I I truly believe Kevin Owens could win the money in the bank briefcase. It makes sense. It makes because Austin Theory right now is just holding a prop. Him having it doesn't make any sense. That's like um a year ago, I think yeah, it was a year ago, when Otis had the money in the bank briefcase. We know him having it. He wasn't going to catch it, and he wasn't going to win it. So who were they going to give it to? And they gave it to The Miz. And that was a beautiful storyline to get Bobby Lashley the title and make him fight Drew. But that's the thing. Like, who are you going to – who is Austin Theory going to – do you really believe he could beat Roman Reigns? No, you don't. You don't. And he's supposed to be the future. Kevin Owens, on the other hand, you believe he could beat Kevin, uh, Roman Reigns. You usually believe he could be Roman Reigns. Because he's proven it before. He's proven it before. You can beat him. Um, which brings me into NXT. Big news. NXT is done. Well, at least 2.0. Uh, NXT 2.0, which is Vince McMahon and Kevin Dunn's brainchild to make NXT more of a homegrown company where main event talent for WrestleMania could come out of it and not the indie darlings that somehow, some way, you still are marketing and capitalizing off of. But yet, they're the problems because NXT, I don't fucking understand that, but that's that's what they pretty much promoted it as. It's more lights, it's more flashy, it's more... I never watched NXT 2.0. I've watched it recently. Because Triple H is not controlling it. <laughs> that's, that's the only reason. And at the end of the one-year probation trial of NXT 2.0, it quickly got evaporated in the thin air because NXT Black and Gold might be back. And I hope so. It's not Black and Gold anymore. It's more White and Gold, but it's still Gold. Okay. 
still kind of like a little lighty. It's still a lot of light in it, but it's getting back to the gringy, hard-hitting NXT that I love. The, the, I'm talking about the DIYs and the and the and the and the you know the Finn Balor's, the Kevin Owens's, the Sami Zayn's, the Shinsuke Nakamura's, the Small Joes, the Oscars, the Amber Moons. You feel Sasha Banks, Bailey's like, come on, let's go, let's go. I am looking forward to this, and if that is what's about to happen, I'm all for it. <laughs> Speaking of that. Solo Sakura, who is the bloodline, he's the Usos' baby brother, Roman Reigns' cousin, came back to NXT and answered Carmelo Hayes, who has been an incredible North American champion. And I can't wait to see what he does in the next couple months because if he ends up in Raw, SmackDown, or stays in NXT, that's a hell of a person to have in the rotation of any company right now for WWE. But he comes back and he beats him. He took the he took the North American Championship, and a lot of people was like, "You need to give Solo Sakura a title because the Bloodline needs a title." And he goes back to NXT and just gets that title, which makes way more sense because him beating Walter right now for the Intercontinental Title is not real. Even him beating Bobby Lashley, I can see how the Usos can help him, but him beating Bobby Lashley doesn't even make sense. So. Yeah, him winning the North American Championship in NXT is total. That makes total sense. That makes total sense. NXT 2.0 was okay. I never watched it, so I can't even tell y'all. I'm be I will be lying to you if I say NXT 2.0 was okay. But it can never compete with NXT. The original NXT, Adam Cole, Undisputed Era, <laughs> like Alistair Black, Andrade. It just will never compete. Nikki Cross, like it just will never compete with that. And Vince McMahon thought that that was a great idea to make it more flashy. It's not supposed to be flashy. It's not. I'm sorry, it's not. But that's the problem with Vince. He kept trying to make shit too entertainment. NXT, the reason why people watch NXT because it wasn't entertaining. It was like, oh, shit, these wrestlers know I just came from the indies. I got to get this shit going now because if I go back to the indies, I'll probably never get another shot at WWE in my career. Let's go. And I think that right there showed a lot of people, wow, there is some amazing talent in WWE that's coming. You know, with Bobby Roode from, you know, TNA ends up in WWE. Samoa Joe ends up in WWE. He goes to NXT. Bobby Roode ends up in WWE. He goes to NXT. These are TNA champions. And they went, Royal Heavyweight Champions, and went straight to NXT because they knew NXT was the place to go. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm just saying. Do I believe that this now new NXT is going to be something different? Of what? Listen, is there things you can keep about NXT that I think the NXT 2.0, like Brian Breaker, is an incredible um, NXT champion. I think you need to keep him. He's got like his his uncle Scott Steiner, Mike uh, Mike skills, but his dad Rick Steiner's ability in the ring, like his ass could go. <laughs> and that's one hell of a uh, that's one hell of a situation when you got Scott Steiner Mike skills and Rick Steiner's ring ability. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, <laughs> he's good. Um, but yeah, he's good. Uh, he's good to go. Um, I've said this numerous times. Toxic attraction. I think you kind of move him to SmackDown because that makes more sense. Um, because you don't really have a lot of pull in SmackDown. You have a lot of women in SmackDown, and Raw is kind of dominated right now by a lot of the, the the women that are there. I think you put toxic attraction, toxic attraction on SmackDown. Now you give more of a threat to the women's championship, wherever that goes next. And I think that's a pretty great idea. Mandy Rose, when she was in the WWE at the beginning, floundered. It was a bad situation. Vince couldn't do shit with her. 
she goes to NXT, re kind of revamps her career. Now she's kind of like a threat. Now there's a different feeling towards that situation. So if she now ends up in WWE, that's another person that revamped their careers in NXT. Why they can't do this for Dominic Mysterio, I do not know. But <laughs> it's like it's the easiest fucking thing. Just put the motherfucking NXT. Just let them figure out some shit. Um, but Mandy Rose with Toxic Attraction, incredible. Um, yeah, they're an incredible faction. Um, but yeah, they go to SmackDown. It's gonna be great. Um, like I said, Carmelo Hayes. I think you keep him on NXT. If this is really what they're about to do, Triple H is about to do this. I really think you need to keep on coming. Carmelo Hayes on NXT. Um, which brings me to what I feel like this is what the rumor is. This is what the rumor is that NXT is officially about to be the third brand of WWE. I know a lot of people say NXT is the third brand of of WWE. No, it's not. It is always perceived as a developmental brand. It is on TV, but it's not really supposed to be the third brand. It's supposed to be the developmental brand of WWE. That's why Survivor Series for the last couple of years has been just Raw versus SmackDown. A, year, a couple of years ago, it was Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT. That's when it was supposed to go into the third brand. But then something happened and shit went left and then they had to give it just, they make it third. It was just now the developmental brand again. Um, Hell, to the point where the NXT title was actually fought for at WrestleMania, Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. And they never really put an emphasis on NXT ever like that ever again. Like 2019, 2020 was an incredible time for NXT. It was an incredible situation because NXT had titles being fought for on regular programming. They were getting the chance to be on TV. Adam Cole versus Daniel Bryan. Adam Cole versus Seth Rollins. Adam Cole was literally the NXT champion. Then they had Survivor Series with Adam Cole fought Pete Dunne for the NXT title because they had the Universal title fought for and the WWE Championship, and they had the NXT champion fight on there. Like It was an incredible time for NXT. And then it just went back to being a third-developed brand, and then, of course, Vince McMahon took over it, and shit went extremely left. And so now that Triple H is down, the guy in Triple H is technically not running NXT, it's Shawn Michaels. So Shawn Michaels and Triple H are going to come up with the best idea to run NXT. And I think they're pretty, good, pretty much going to go get Road Dog back and help Shawn Michaels create, go with that. And I think that NXT is coming, man. And like I said, if NXT does become a third brand, like ECW was a third brand, but they never really treated it like it. With Triple H now having the control over Raw, SmackDown, and NXT, I can see NXT becoming a third brand, which means I can see talent getting tra- drafted to NXT. Isn't it going to just be Raw and SmackDown? I think NXT could be actually a part of the draft, which can be an interesting situation because most of the locker room is kind of NXT. So can you imagine Randy Orton on NXT? A full NXT competitor? Can you imagine AJ Styles, a full NXT competitor? Roman Reigns as a full NXT competitor? That shit will be nuts. And I am looking forward to it. I hope it happens. I want it to happen. Next, at WrestleMania, we got a lot of time before WrestleMania. And the draft's supposed to happen like a week or two after that. It's a lot of fucking time, man, that we can have that happen. So don't get it twisted and act like it can't. It can fucking happen. So, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking so forward to it. And then you still got NXT uh, Europe coming back in 2023. So, yeah, there's a lot of things going on with WWE, man. I'm very proud of it. <laughs> um, now it brings me to what I was saying earlier. The 500 top wrestlers of 2022. Uh, I saw the list today. It's too many fucking wrestlers. 500. And like I said, I don't watch all these programs. I don't watch TNA. I don't watch. I used to watch TNA when they had AJ and Christopher Daniels and Samoa Joe and um, Petey Williams. And yeah, when TNA used to be the shit, I used to watch it. Um, James Storm and Bobby Roode, Beer Money. I used to watch it. <laughs> but now, mm, I don't watch it. Um... So I get into it. 
So I'm going to do my top 10. And like I said, this is from September of 2021 for me to, to, to now, 2022. So here is my top 10 of it, of the best wrestlers to tw- in 2022, from 2021 to 2022, to me. Here we go. Number 10. I'm going to start with 10. 10 and 1. CM Punk. CM Punk is number 10 for me. Now, a lot of people say, really? CM Punk is 10? CM Punk is 10. Um, when he came back, I literally could tell you I was excited as a CM Punk fan. Um, you know, I hate to see him in UFC. Kept getting his ass whooped at UFC. Um, so I hated seeing that. So I, I just never watched a CM Punk fight in UFC after, like, the first time I saw him. I was like, ah, nah, this is not going to be good for him. Um, but... Yeah, uh, but his comeback to AEW was incredible. I got to give CM Punk his just due. His comeback was incredible um, to that company. He uplifted a company that at the time needed a little bit more of that power boost. And WWE, again, was struggling. They didn't know what the fuck they were doing. And CM Punk comes back, and he kicks the fucking door down. You know, him and Eddie Kingston have a really good rivalry, but then him and MJF... Him and MJF's rivalry at the beginning of this year was fucking phenomenal. Like, good God, that shit was good. Because it's literally like a teacher versus student. Like, you're really watching two guys, like the old Grizzly veteran meeting now his new counterpart, but he's younger and talks just as much shit as he does. And it was a beautiful rivalry. And I would have loved to see them two actually fight for the AEW championship now. Because MJF is now a, a more seasoned veteran, and CM Punk is still CM Punk. So that probably would have been great. The reason why he's 10 on my list, personally, is because of what the fuck is happening with him in AEW. I'm not going to sit there and act like that doesn't fuck me up a little bit. Because it's like, dude, you are the face of that company. That company literally is trying to build around you. And you spitting everybody's face and you go off and do your own fucking promos and you say it's at Adam Hangman Page but really motherfucker it's you you're talking that much shit you're starting that shit off and and it yeah I just I just didn't see the point of him going at WWE like like going at AEW like that like I didn't see the point of him going at Adam Hangman Page I didn't see him going at the Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks I didn't see that point of doing that shit so, yeah, you end up number 10 because how you're ending your year is fucking bad. We probably won't see CM Punk until maybe next year. So, to me, you finished 10. Oh, to me, great run, but you finished 10 and maybe you won't even be back next year because you might get fired. We don't freaking know. We still don't know. Um, But, yeah, number nine for me, I'm going to go Brian Breaker. Now. <laughs> I know people are going to be like, Wait, you took Brian Breaker over CM Punk again? This is my list. If you want your own list, make your own fucking list. But to me, to have a future, unlike a lot of people in NXT 2.0, Brian Breaker feels like more of a, a guy that can actually headline on WrestleMania. Vince might have been right. This is the one thing Vince probably got right <laughs> um, when it came to NXT is that Brian Breaker is the future. And unlike Austin Theory, Brian Breaker is actually the future. He can actually go. Like I said, he's got the skills of a Scott Steiner on a mic, his uncle, and his daddy in the ring, Rick Steiner. He's a hell of a fighter. He's a hell of a competitor. I saw him on Monday Night Raw. I've seen him on NXT a couple times. The dude could fucking go. Uh, So I think Brian Breaker, and to carry a company like NXT, even though it's not really technically a company, but to physically carry it and do what you have done is an incredible thing. Um, number eight, to me. <laughs> I feel like I got to give that a disclaimer every time I say it. To me. Um, uh, number, <laughs> I feel like I always said it. Like a dad, dad disclaimer. Um, number eight. On my list, since it's wrestlers, doesn't matter men or women, I'm going to go with Bianca Belair. Number eight is Bianca Belair for me. The reason why is because, like I said, to see where she had went after SummerSlam 2021 to now where she's at today, it's incredible. Like, to see that is hard to not see. 
Like, she's an incredible competitor in the ring. Um, they literally screwed, like, the fact that she had a WrestleMania moment and then they fucked that up in literally 26 seconds is, I can't understand what the fuck the thought process was when it came to, to acknowledgement. It was so fucking stupid. But she rebounded. She won at WrestleMania. She won at SummerSlam. She's had a pretty good run with this this woman's title. And I think she um she might be the best female wrestler in again in, in on both brands. Uh, it, it's it's hard to say that she isn't. Like a lot of people say Charlotte, but Charlotte's God given ability and all that, but I don't feel that same connection with Charlotte that I feel with Bianca Belair. Maybe because we're black, I don't know, but Bianca Belair doing what she's doing is incredible. And actually, like I always say, if you've never seen this woman come down to the ring, go to a wrestling event, see Bianca Belair come out because the crowd loses it every fucking time. I do not kid you. Every time that girl music hit, the fucking crowd loses it. I'm telling you. I'm fucking telling you. Um, number seven. I think I'm about seven now. <laughs> I think I'm about seven now. Number seven. Um, uh, number seven. Who do I believe is the number seven best wrestler in wrestling? Brian Danielson, aka Daniel Bryan. Yep, I think Daniel Bryan is incredible. The American Dragon in AEW. He listen, Daniel Bryan's been a, an incredible wrestler for a long fucking time. This is not some shit that just magically appeared. He's always been great. Always. Um and to now have him in AEW, which by the way, I get why they couldn't give him the title the first time he got there over Adam Hankman Page, but I still probably would have gave him the title over Adam Hankman Page. Which is why I also feel pissed off because I know John Moxley's gonna win um Wednesday. But I still want him, I still want Daniel Bryan Brian Danielson to have at least the title eventually. And I think he's one of the best, man. Um he's been one of my favorite wrestlers for a while. And like I said, seeing him now in AEW doing what he's doing is not shocking. He's been that guy. He's been that good. He can hold his own in the ring. And his work in AEW has been pretty fucking good. And I remember him and uh, uh, John Moxley had an incredible match at one of the pay-per-views just recently, which brought William Regal back. And, um, yeah, man, and, and, and uh, the Blackpool Club, I think that's what they call themselves, uh, the Combat Blackpool Club or something, in AEW, incredible club, and they are a hell of a faction. And, they, and Brian Danielson is one of the reasons. I think Wednesday night, it might be one of them times I actually might have to watch AEW. Because I want to see John Moxley versus Brian Danielson, and that shit's gonna be an incredible fight. Because Aid, because Brian Danielson and John Moxley always puts on a good fucking match. So number seven is Brian Danielson to me. Number six, um, number six. Oh shit, who's number six? Me, damn. Who is number six? Hmm. Number six. All right, fuck it. Number six is MJF. Yeah. Number six is MJF. And I'm going to give you a reason why. Like I said, the CM Punk robbery at the beginning of the year, incredible. Fucking incredible. But this man has found a way to make himself so over that even as a heel, as a, you know, as a heel, as a bad guy, to some people that don't know what a heel is, as a bad guy, a villain, pretty much. Let's put it like that, a villain. He's supposed to be a, a villain in, in wrestling right now. He is so fucking over that when you watch him do AEW promos now, they're cheering him. <laughs> they're fucking cheering this man like he's like ran into the city you sack of shits 
you suck. La, 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 da, da, da. And, it, and everybody's like, yeah, we do, we do, we do. No, we do, we do. No, keep, keep going, just keep going. And it's like, what the fuck? They're not letting him just talk shit about the city? And, and like, yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's MJF. I don't know what the fuck you want me to tell you. Like, it's so fucking crazy. It just all for the promo he did at the double or nothing is still to this day an incredible promo. And I still to this day don't know what he really is going to do in 2024. By the time 2024 rolls around, he could have a new he could have a new deal. Oh shit, he'd be like, you know what? Fuck this. He might pull a CM Punk and be like, you know what? Fuck this. I'll leave. Take the title and leave. Because he could do it. And let's not act like AEW might not fuck up eventually. So MJF, man. I think his rivalry with Warlow could have been better. But I will put MJF on this list regardless because that motherfucker could sell a match. Like Kevin Owens, he could sell a fucking match. He could sell anybody. He could sell it. So MJF is damn sure on this list and he's at number six. All right, my top five. Ooh, here we go. Okay, here we go. Okay. I'm going to just tell people from this, from, from right now, real shit, <laughs> I have four WWE guys, one AEW guy in my top five. But my first person off the list, but my one is not the WWE guy as everybody would expect because my number five guy is that guy, Roman Reigns. Yep. Roman Reigns is my five. Roman Reigns is my five. I do not see... Listen, I come from an era where I saw John Cena fight every day on Raw with the WWE Championship. Edge on SmackDown with the World Heavyweight Championship. They didn't have the fight. They just made appearances. Batista, Randy Orton... Rey Mysterio, Undertaker, Kane. I come from an era where I... Kurt Angle, Stone Cold, The Rock. I come from an era where I saw my champions actually not only be there, but actually fucking fight. One example perfectly is the guy at number 10, CM motherfucking Punk. He fought every fucking show. It didn't fucking matter. Broken bones, what? He was there. 434 days. WWE can make it seem like Roman Reigns' reign is such a fucking crazy thing. Roman Reigns is barely on fucking TV. And when he is on TV, it's a salad for a fucking night and then get the fuck back to where he's at. This the, 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 the class at the castle might have been the longest time I've ever seen him do fucking programming every fucking week. Like, it, he was never there. And that's why I, I have to put him at number five. And let's be real. Outside of... Most of his matches from 2021 to 2022 have been Brock Lesnar. Like, Crown Jewel was in, what, October? Then he didn't fight until... He fought Survivor Series. He fought against Big E. And then he didn't fight until Royal Rumble, and that was Seth Rollins, which he should have lost. Then he didn't fight until WrestleMania, which was Brock Lesnar again. He fought Backlash WrestleMania, was was a six-man tag, and all he had to do was just tag himself in and win the match. And then he didn't fight, and after that, he didn't fight until fucking SummerSlam. <laughs> so this is just like, he didn't fight, no, he fought Riddle on SmackDown, and then then, he didn't fight until SummerSlam. He didn't fight, he fought Riddle, what, June? So that's a two-month two month layoff? Like, yeah, I can't, and now he's he's gone again. He's fucking gone again. Like, it's, it's like, dude, he fought Drew McIntyre in September. And, and he, now he's gone again. It's like, I can't with this guy. Like, he could be y'all – he's the tribal chief. I give him all the credit in the world. For him to turn his, his character around, the way he's turned his character around, one fucking 100%. I got to get that man his credit because his ass was done. Like, let's be real. For a lot of wrestling fans, they kept being like, bro, why y'all keep pushing this dude? He's never going to have it. And he still does the same shit. It's just more like, okay, now it's more understanding. Okay, he just, he just does the same moves. But, hey, 
it's understanding he's whooping ass. I take, hey, do it. But for me personally, he's five. He's not that good. Like to me personally, like outside of the hype of it, it's like he really isn't that damn good. Compared to the next four on the list, he's five. I'm I'm giving you five. I'm giving you five. Uh, take it, I guess. Fuck, I don't know what to tell you. But he's five. He's fucking five, man. Stop it. He's a part-time champion, and I can't fuck with a part-time champion. I'm sorry. I just can't. I'm fucking sorry. I can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. Um, Number four. This is hard because I wanted to put one person. I did put a person on here when I was thinking of this list earlier. Nah, fuck it. I'll do it. Number four, Matt Riddle. Yeah, Matt Riddle's number four to me. Um, yeah, I got to put Matt Riddle at four. I got to. I was going to do Cody Rhodes, but Matt Riddle, um, from him with Randy Arden in 2021 to him now on his own, incredible. He showed that he has a funny side, but he also has a really fucking serious side. And when after and when Randy Orton left, you saw Riddle go real serious for a good portion of that match, uh, of that time. And yeah, he should have beaten uh, Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. He had an incredible fucking match against Roman Reigns. On that SmackDown that I'm talking about. I was talking about just a moment ago. But his rivalry now, right now with Seth Rollins. But even with RK Bro, man, he fucking was incredible. Like, the dude can go. And I think that's the thing. Like, I give Matt Riddle more credit and also his mic skills. A lot of people can say whatever they want to say about Matt, uh, Matt Riddle. Uh, bro, and all that shit. The dude can fucking go on the mic. Stop it. Like, that dude's a beast. So, yeah, Matt Riddle's four for me personally. I think he's four on my list personally. Uh, number three, John Moxley. John Moxley's number three. Um, to have the success he's had in AEW is what I wished he would have had in WWE. WWE always wanted him to be like the Mick Foley of this era, where it's kind of like you do a lot of fuck shit, you do a lot of hardcore crashing shit. And you get pops and you do all that shit. And that's great. But I think for John Moxley, he can do that. But he's also very good on the mic. Incredible on the mic. But more so, he's also, he has this line in AEW where he kind of borderlines chaotic in the ring. But he also has like this, he has reckless spontaneity. He doesn't give a shit in certain times. And he does a great job of it. And I think him now, some of Moxley and AEW was incredible. Him really making the AEW championship his own. That's why I kind of kept saying, like, if I was AEW, I would never let him lose to CM Punk at the fucking pay-per-view. Why would you do that? You squash CM Punk in Chicago. Why not just let him beat him again in Chicago? It makes no sense. But you didn't want to anger the fans. And it's like, fuck that. Fuck the fans. Sometimes you got to just do what the fuck you know you got to do. And here's the thing. He's going to win probably Wednesday. And I'm not going to be mad at it. I think Brian, uh, Brian Danielson does deserve a run at a title in AEW. But I wouldn't be mad if John Moxley gets the title back. The fucked up part is you're going to probably give it to MJF any fucking way. And that's why I got a problem with it. Because it's like this man fucking does put his work out there, man. He's a beast. He does carry that fucking company. And I got to get to the point where I'm thinking in my head, if you're John Moxley, how many times you become the guy and then you just are kind of like the placeholder for the next guy? You got to get pissed off with that shit a little bit. Like, God damn, can I be the champion for a long time? Fuck. So it's it's kind of like that. Like, yeah. I, it, like, But John Moxley's an incredible, incredible um, wrestler in the ring, man. He's incredible. Incredible. You know, he's not top two for me. But he's damn sure top three. He is an incredible fucking wrestler. He's always been good. Always been good. Um, Number two, I was going to go with a veteran, and I'm going to go with a veteran. Randy fucking Orton. From 2021 to now, even though he's been off of TV since May, June, his work in that time period was fucking outstanding. The man in 20 years still found a way to get a lot of new talent over. Matt Riddle being one of them. 
Um, I really believe if he didn't do the team with Matt Riddle, Matt Riddle probably wouldn't have the, the he probably wouldn't have the career he has right now. Because he probably would be something that Vince McMahon would be like, okay, let's just put him in a comedy act and push his ass to the next thing. But Randy Orton seeing that he he had something and teaching him something is an incredible thing, man. And I'm very proud that Randy Orton did that. But not only him pushing Matt Riddle and becoming something with Matt Riddle, the way him and, the, and Riddle used to fight with the Street Profits and the way he fought with Alpha Academy and making them feel like they're somebody's. Like, it, it was just it, – Randy Orton is just that guy, man. He's that guy. And, I, and, 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 and for 20 years – he figured it out <laughs> for 20 years. And if he comes back in the Royal Rumble, I don't want him to win it, but I damn sure want him to be in the Final Four. I don't want him to win the Royal Rumble, but I damn sure think he needs to be in the Final Four. And they go into a rivalry um, for WrestleMania. Who is going to win the rivalry? Mm, him and Seth could be an interesting one. I give you that. I think him and Seth would be an interesting rivalry. I don't know who you could put him in a robbery against, though. I'm trying to think. I'm really trying to fucking think who you could put Randy Orton against in a robbery for WrestleMania. Other than Matt Riddle. That's kind of it. I, I, Matt Riddle, that's pretty much the only person. I can see Matt, Randy Orton and him going into a robbery for WrestleMania. And I would love to see that match. I'm going to be honest. I would love to see that match. Randy Orton, man. Randy Orton's number two. Incredible work during the year, um, 2021 to now. I know people are going to say, well, he's been off TV since May, June. But the work he did in between all of that, bruh, incredible. Fucking incredible. Um, so he's number two for me. And number one is, yes, Seth freaking Rollins. Why would this man not be number one? What the fuck? Seth Rollins is number one for me. It's not even close. It's not even close. Seth Rollins is number one. Seth Rollins, you got to think. He teamed up with Kevin Owens for a good portion of late 2021. Went into 2022. Fought Roman Reigns at Royal Rumble. Almost beat him. Then goes into this long, drawn-out, who am I fighting at WrestleMania? Come to find out, it's the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, and in one night found a way to put him and Cody Rhodes both over in a match, in an incredible WrestleMania match. And they go off and have incredible three matches, with two matches left after that, with the Hell in a Cell culminating with Cody Rhodes with a torn pectoral pec muscle. And they even still found a way to have that match be a fucking good match. So it's like, damn. And now Seth is going into this rivalry with Matt Riddle. And this is personal, but they found a way to make it also. Yes, it's personal, but they found a way. They found a way to make it to the point where, yes, it's personal, but it's also professional respect still. And that to me is hard as fuck to do. And Seth has done it. He's now making Matt Riddle a name in this company. And that's a massive fucking thing. You can hate Seth Rollins for a lot of shit. One thing I cannot hate is that man's work in the fucking ring. Even when he was with the authority, I had to give it to my I had to give it to him. And I said, you know what, man? This motherfucker's good. He's good. When he became the Intercontinental Champion, it just started it. I've been a fan of Seth for a while. And for me to see Seth still out here doing what he's doing, and he could take the loss and still be more over than the motherfucker he lost to. <laughs> like, you see him come out? He literally has people just, oh, like he is that guy. He works the fucking crowd, man. He's the best, best wrestler. The fact that that man did not get and that's mainly because of the, the scale rating of wins and losses. But Seth Rollins is the best fucking wrestler in the fucking world. I don't know who the fuck telling you otherwise. That mother... And I'm going to be honest, next year, it might literally be him, Kevin Owens, and Cody Rose battling it out for one. 
because if they could all stay healthy, this shit would be hard for me. But for right now, Seth Rollins with a bullet. He is number fucking one. I don't know anybody that's better than Seth fucking Rollins in the fucking ring or on the mic right now. I do not know. With that being said, also I wanted to say this with the Kevin Owens and Austin Theory thing. The thing about this robbery that's interesting and why I feel like Kevin Owens can take a briefcase from Austin Theory is because they tried this with Dolph Ziggler. Dolph could not get Austin Theory over. Kevin Owens is getting this kid over. Which is the reason why I feel like this makes way more sense to give it to Kevin Owens. Because he actually is getting this kid over. So when he is ready to be the guy, it would make sense. Dolph could not do this. Kevin is doing it. So that's what I wanted to say. By the way, uh, and yeah, so I hope you guys enjoyed this episode when it comes out. I hope you rate, review it, love it. And uh, I love you guys. And I got to do one more podcast episode soon. I don't know when, but I will. Uh, hopefully tonight. If not, probably Sunday. Um, but uh, that's coming soon. Like Just like this episode. This episode will be out probably Tuesday. So enjoy it. I love you guys. See you guys soon. Go listen to the other three episodes that's out right now. Uh, Franklin Francisco, me and my brother, Franklin Francisco, Francisco, Underdog Success Podcast Interview Edition. Go listen to that. Uh, my review of SmackDown and Raw from last week. And also uh, A Gift and a Curse, the graduation album by Kanye West. Go listen to that. And those are the three episodes out right now. I love you guys. See you. Peace. I'm out.